This is another message from Glory City Church by Pastor Catherine Renala. For more information, go to glorycitychurch.com.au. Well, Father, we say thank you for today. This is a day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we celebrate you. We say thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I'm not going to share a long word with you today, but I just have a few thoughts on my heart that I just wanted to encourage you with. You know, we are living in such an extraordinary time. God is moving with so much power. There is so much opportunity that He is releasing. And God wants us to be aware, fully aware and fully awake is what I've been preaching pretty much from all year long. That the Holy Spirit wants us to be aware of what He's doing and He wants us to be awake to the reality of the invitations that He's giving us to cooperate with Him, to move with Him and to be aware of this season that we're living in. Amen? But I wanted to encourage you. I shared a little bit on Friday about this and I just want to share some more today. You know, I believe that you know, the Scripture tells us that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. I just want to read that, uh, that passage. If you want to turn to uh, John chapter 3. Most of us know it so well, but let's just read it together. If you've got your iPads or your iPhones or your Bible, please don't surf the net while I'm preaching, but um, have a look at the Word of God as we read it together. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and doesn't come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. And Christ came into the world so that we could be saved. He came as the Savior, like the life preserver. And the only way people will be condemned is if they reject the life preserver, if they, re if they reject the offer of forgiveness and mercy and salvation. And uh, so we have the privilege of telling people, God has come. This is what Christmas is all about. God has come into the world so that you don't have to be condemned, you don't have to be judged, but that you can receive mercy and grace, you can receive salvation. This is why we celebrate so much, amen? This is the good news of the gospel. And, um, and Jesus came so that we could be forgiven, 
He was tempted in all things, just like we're tempted, and he overcame. So he now understands every temptation we walk through, and he's there making a way of escape for you to encourage you, to help you. He's there, the helper, Emmanuel. God with us all the time, is with us all the time to help us in every single situation. Hallelujah. It's so amazing that the angels were just, it was mind-boggling to them, that God had such an incredible plan that not only would He save us, but that He would have continuous fellowship with us on the earth, hallelujah, in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God Himself with us all the time. That's just happy news. You just get happy about thinking about that, hallelujah. But He came to forgive us from our sins, to set us free from our unrighteousness, to, to have mercy on us so that if we would respond to Him, we confess our sins. The Bible says He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. But the reality is He also says that He's given us power now, not just to be saved, but power to be as He is in the earth which is so glorious, it means that we get to be as Christ is to people around us. And at Christmas time, we get to be around quite a lot of people. God is with us and uh, we get the opportunity to be in busy shops, we get the opportunity to be at uh, work Christmas parties and family parties. And if you don't have family, you know that you've got church family and you've got God, hallelujah, who is your family our wonderful God. But I wanted to, to share a little bit about how we get to be Christ over Christmas, how we get to reveal Christ in our lives over this Christmas season. And you know, a lot of time, people can forget the reality that Jesus came into the world to forgive us our sins so that we could become new creations, that we become new on the inside. We get the same heart, we get the same nature as God, hallelujah, comes onto the inside of us. And then He says to us that we have been given power to love as He loves. We've been given power to forgive. Jesus tells us, forgive, uh, He tells us to pray like this, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And I wanted to just to share a little bit about that with you tonight, because I believe that God is wanting us to wake up, be fully aware and fully awake in every situation. Sometimes it can be easy to, to, to have the right mindset about being Christ when you are on a mission, when you are out there on a mission to, to do something for the church or you're out there witnessing. But then when it comes to actual day-to-day -day life with, um, with family or workmates, sometimes we can forget the reality that we've been given power to forgive others their debts. You see, the debt that we've been uh, forgiven of is huge, is enormous. Every single thing I've ever done has been forgiven. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. Now he says, forgive your debtors. And your debtors don't just mean those that financially owe you money. 
You know, oftentimes we put big expectations on people, particularly family, particularly other brothers and sisters in Christ. We put these big expectations on them and say, well, you owe me to be a certain way. We can put expectations on family members that say, well, this is what I think a mother should be like. This is what I think a father should be like. This is what I think a brother or a sister or an uncle or an aunt. This is what I think a pastor should be like. This is what I think, whoever it might be, we can get these expectations of what they should be like and get a sense of they owe me something. They owe me to be like this. And I'd like to challenge you today that the Holy Spirit would like you to forgive those that you think owe you a debt. Sometimes people go into family gatherings and they think, well, because you're my family, you should make me feel valuable. You should honor what I've done. You should be nice to me. You should cook for me. You should be uh, buying presents. You should be looking after my children. You should be embracing me. You should be celebrating me. You should be asking me whatever the should is puts us in a position where we then have no choice but to judge them according to how well they line up with our they should. It puts us in a position when we have an expectation box that you should be like this, my interactions with every person that I've put into that expectation box is going to end in judgment of some form whether it's um, they're measuring up or not. And we unconsciously do it. We think about, we can do it with our spouses. You can say, well, uh, you know, so-and-so's spouse is like this. And they do this and this. I, I thank God for my wonderful husband who's so um, encouraging because I am not like a lot of other spouses. You know, I don't, I'm not making Christmas pudding this year. I, I'm, I, I probably could, but I just don't. <laughs> but I really like to eat it. But he could say, she should be like this. And we can do that to our spouses. Well, I see the way other people's husbands do this, this, and this. I see the way other people's wives do this, this, and this. And we unconsciously get the expectation box firmly drawn up and think they owe me something. And we need to be careful in this season to be fully aware and fully awake that you are no longer living in that system. You are living as princes and princesses, daughters and sons of the Most High God who have the privilege of loving, who have the privilege of forgiving. Debts that can be canceled, just as Pastor Joel said. Debts that can be released. You know, I think it was prophetic that, that Pastor Joel even said that tonight because I believe God wants us to be able to cancel other people's debts. That is, that we would be able to say, I'm gonna release you from the debt of expectation. You know, I remember um, as a young woman, when my kids were babies, I had an expectation of what my mother should be like. She should like to babysit my kids. 
but she wasn't really that sort of grandma. She loved the kids, but she wasn't really uh, like that picture. And so every interaction I'd have with her unconsciously, I would be judging her according to the picture that I had of what a grandmother should be like. And so the Bible tells us something happens when we do that. We think, we're, look, we're putting it up there, they owe me babysitting. They owe me to be like this, this or that. And the moment we do that, and the moment we start judging them according to our little expectation box, the Bible says, judge not, lest you be judged. They start to instinctively respond to the judgment that you're giving out. Whether you say it or not, it's going to come out of your mouth in some form when it's in your heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And they can perceive it, they can see it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? We need to be a people that wake up and recognize that debt cancellation is not just about the things that we might expect. It's about letting the people go free so that God can love them through us. Now, I know that there are some here that have very dysfunctional families and that there are times that things are done that are very wrong. I'm not saying that we don't judge uh, something that is wrong but I'm saying that we also um, have to be very careful that we aren't judging the people. You can say this is wrong in your discernment. God's not saying I, I wink at sin or you're not supposed to recognize that that particular thing is wrong. If, you know, if someone's doing something terrible and, and, you, and you think, oh, that's terrible, you're not judging them. You need to be careful that you are recognizing that, that what they are doing is wrong. That is discerning good and evil. But I choose to release them from my judgment. I choose to release them from the debt of the expectation of what I think they should be like. That's a difference. And we need to be careful this season to, to, to make the most of the opportunity that we have to be love. A lot of the time, it comes from our own need for identity and value. Family often is a, a, no matter how dysfunctional, we still have an inbuilt longing for acceptance and value. And unfortunately, there are no perfect humans. But I love that we sang that song tonight. Brett, that was just perfect. He's the perfect father. He's the perfect father. He's a good, good father. He is the one who is perfect. If you are moaning about not having family and not having family that lines up with your idea of what it should be like, let me tell you this. You have the privilege of being the child of the perfect father. You have the privilege of being the son or the daughter of God himself. And he says, everything you need, I will provide. That is all your emotional needs, all your financial needs, all of your needs, whatever it might be, God is El Shaddai. 
hallelujah. He is your comfort. He is the one that wants to give you value. He is the one that wants to give you affirmation. He is the one that wants to get, give you honor. He is the one that wants to love you and celebrate over you and so lavish love on you that you can't even handle it and you have to pray for Holy Spirit help to handle the extravagant, over-the-top love of God that He wants to pour out into your life. Hallelujah. He wants to overwhelm you. You know, you might think you're good at receiving love, but I tell you, God wants to, if you think you can handle it, you haven't understood how much love He wants to pour out on you. I was having trouble handling it on Friday night. We were just like, oh, it got very exciting. Overload with the glory and the love of God. But you see, it's natural to feel hurt when family don't value you. It's natural to feel hurt when people don't honor you, when they say nasty things, when they have a dig at you. My family, uh, my mum and dad were divorced when I was just four and I have a very interesting family. And um, with, I've got two sisters called Alison. I've got sisters and brothers that I've met that I didn't even know I had until a few years ago. I've got an interesting family. But they are, they are all absolutely loved by God. Some are walking with the Lord, some are not yet. But I wanna tell you, it's natural in our own hearts to want our family to approve of us, to love us. That's normal. But it won't always happen. It didn't happen for Jesus. His brothers and sisters, they didn't even believe in Him. The Bible tells us that. He understands that. He gets it. And, you know, I, I found myself over the years, I, I've found myself slipping into the, I want to tell them what I'm doing so that they'll tell me that oh, I'm good. And I felt that need and that pull to want to get some value and some affirmation from family. And the moment I start doing that, they start realizing that I'm judging them for not doing whatever I think they need to do. And we enter into this judgment thing that just escalates and it gets awful. We need to set some people free. Hallelujah. We need to set, even if you've got good awesome family and I have some amazing family I'm so grateful for them but even if they even if they are amazing and wonderful we still need to let them go from the expectations that we put on them we have the privilege of saying, Lord, I have a deep need for value. I have a deep need for identity. I have a need to want to be affirmed and to be, to be understood. I want to be celebrated. So I bring all that need to you today, Jesus. And here I am, I'm gonna wait on you until you fill me up until I overflow. And I'm not gonna walk out the door until I'm overflowing. You need to be properly dressed in the love of God before you go out and start to try and get what you need from other people. God is jealous, actually, for you. When you go and you are, your heart's going, feed my need for affirmation, feed my need for value, the Holy Spirit's there going, I really wanted to do that for you. He's jealous to love you. 
And it, I'm telling you, what he wants to give is way better than even the most wonderful human could give you. The love and the affirmation and the value and the identity that he has for you, the favor, the blessing. You see, when you have received Jesus as Savior, you no longer actually are identified with your family. We honor family, we love family, but they no longer are your source. You now have found home. I'm seated in heavenly places and I'm filled up to overflowing with all the fullness of God. And now I get to spend some time with some lovely people who share the same natural DNA as me and I get to love them and forgive them of their debts and forgive them of their expectation of what I think you should be like. We need to be so careful to guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and recognize the, the trap of the enemy to get you thinking carnally, to get you thinking like the rest of the world. The enemy so wants to exploit your weakness and I tell you because they are your family, they are your weakness. Look at David, look at Joseph. The ones that are closest to you are the ones that have the capacity to hurt you the most. But God also knows and understands everything and he wants to love them through you. You can't love somebody if they are not meeting your expectation box. But if you have deliberately, deliberately come and said, I am gonna release some God from that debt. I'm not, you know, I began thinking about this and I'm being very transparent with you today, but this is years ago, um, many, many years ago when, when I was having this struggle with my mum should be like this. She should like to babysit. You know, I actually had to, I had to come to the revelation that I would not put that sort of expectation on somebody in the church. I wouldn't put that on Julie and think, Pastor Julie, she, she probably would have if I'd known you then. Um, she should be doing this, this and this. And when I began to think about it like that, I began to realize actually, yes, I do have very big expectations of what they should be like and I need to let them go so that I can love properly. So that I, you might have expectations on what your son or your daughter or, or your friend or whatever it might be. But they stem from a woundedness that God wants to heal. They stem from a need that God wants to fill. Your need for affirmation and value will never go away, but God created it so that he could fill it. Hallelujah. And he's jealous to do it for you. I believe over this Christmas season, God wants to so fill you to overflowing with the life and the love and the joy that he so wants to meet your needs. He wants to kiss you with his favor. He wants to refresh your heart. We also saying, you know me. Oh, you know me. But I tell you, he knows you and he's on your side. 
quite astounding. God's on your side. He really is. Because you are part of him and he cannot deny himself. He looks at you and says, this one, washed in the blood of the lamb, forgiven, cleansed, holy. I am for her. Who can be against her? Hallelujah. This one, if we think about God is on my side, then the fact that perhaps others that you expect to be are not, suddenly becomes irrelevant. Because the creator of the universe is on my side. Hallelujah. The creator of the universe thinks I'm altogether lovely. The creator of the universe is rejoicing over me with singing. The creator of the universe says that there is a cloud of witnesses cheering you on. And we say, and we get confused and concerned and consumed with why don't they give me what I deserve? God have mercy on us. There's a parable about that. The, uh, the one that was forgiven so much debt that then went out and demanded that someone else repay him when he had been given, forgiven so much. That's what we can be like. We can lose perspective when it comes to family. God is looking for us to be able to forgive the debts, though they may be very real and very painful, if we can remember what he's done. And this is how we do it. We fix our thoughts on things above. We deliberately cast down everything that would exalt itself against the knowledge of the one who's forgiven my debt. And I choose to think about things that are pure and lovely and of a good report. The moment you find yourself start going to, uh, start judging someone and think they should be like this and they should do this and I feel like they owe me to be nice to me at least. They, They owe me that much. I've been nice to them. They should be nice to me. It could be as simple as that. The moment that you start feeling those feelings and getting upset about that, you need to recognize that that exalts itself against the knowledge of who I am now. It's Christ in me and he's not looking at that petty stuff. He's looking at them and saying, that is the apple of my eye that I love and I want them to experience my love through you. Our Heavenly Father wants us to take captive every thought. Have you ever been troubled at nighttime by thoughts of they should and they shouldn't and they they should have said that and they didn't say that or they shouldn't have said that and they shouldn't have done that? They are things you need to catch like burglars in your bedroom. You need to swat them like mosquitoes and cast them down and deliberately say, I'm not going there, devil. At times when I've been in real warfare, I'll actually put my hand up physically and say it. I am not going there, devil. And I choose instead to think about something good, pure and lovely. I think about the fact, that he rescued me, that he lifted me up to be seated at his right hand, that he's got plans for me to prosper me and not to harm me, plans to give me hope in a future. And who was I to deserve it anyway? You are so 
good to me, Jesus. That's pure. That's lovely. That's of a good report. I'll celebrate the fact that they even want any form of connection. Hallelujah. Whether it's what I expect or not, I'll celebrate that and I will love my God in the midst of it. God is looking for us not to be arrogant either or, you know, self-righteous. Well, yes, I just forgive you. That's not what he's looking for either. He's looking for you to forget about the debt that they owe you. To let it go before they even fail your test. Hallelujah. The Saviour. Oh God, give us an eternal perspective. Help us this Christmas season to actually understand what this means. Jesus came and experienced everything I walk through. He experienced all of my pain and my suffering and far, far more. All of the rejection, he took it all and he now wants to provide more than I can handle to overcompensate for anything I've walked through. My magnificent God is for me now, therefore I can love as he has given me love. I can forgive as he has given me forgiveness, hallelujah. I don't even have to try and find it emotionally in my heart. I can remember, actually, it's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me, and He's already loving them. Hallelujah. I don't even have to struggle to get into it. I just have to agree with Him. Is He having trouble forgiving them? So don't struggle. Just go, actually, I'm dead. So even if my heart condemns me, he's greater than my heart. It's in the book. First John, it's delicious. I'm just gonna agree with God and I'm gonna fix my eyes on things above because that is where I'm seated with him. That's the reality of my identity right now and that's the power that I've been given. This is where my joy comes from. Stephen, when he was being pelted with stones, they say his, his face shone like that of an angel because he had his face fixed on that which was pure and lovely and of a good report. And he was able to say, Father, don't hold this sin against them. Because our, his focus was on that which was pure, lovely, of a good report. His focus was on that which was above. My prayer for you this season is that God would help you walk in the power of the truth of your identity, of the truth of your adoption as sons and daughters of the Most High, of the truth of who your family actually is, that you could properly honor and love family, whether they meet anywhere near the expectations you have for them or not, that you would cancel the box, hallelujah, and let them free, amen. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your goodness, Daddy. <sighs> That's good news. It's a happy way to live.
That's how you start to have peace on earth. You start to get peace on here, in here. Hallelujah. I've been forgiven. Thank you, Jesus.